How do you mean that? Well, I mean that there are the colors and the beauties, the designs, the beautiful way things appear. People themselves, dull people, but I thought dull, appear fascinating, interesting, mysterious, wonderful. But that's only the beginning. Welcome to Strange People, Weird Worlds. Let's get this show started. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> 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 no, no, I like, I thought about it too, like I could zoom up there, but then I was thinking about it, I was like, well, I mean, social distancing. Social distancing. So, um, all, all the restaurants in Denver are closed. All of them. Bars and restaurants, takeout only, I guess. Which you know, it's crazy. Last night, I I wanted a beer and I wanted a little like uh, bowl from Legal Pete's. Which, if you guys don't know what a Legal Pete's is, it's kind of like a it's a local Chipotle. Yeah, a local Chipotle. Yeah. Um, well, I went in there and the bartender was like freaking out, and then at the very end, he's like, "I'm sorry, guys, we just got wind before my shift that we're shutting down for eight weeks," and I was like, "What?" It's a rough draw. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, yeah, so all, all restaurants and bars in Denver are shut down until May 11th. I happen to not work in Denver. Um, <gasps> I work in Westminster. Wait, so it's only Denver County ones? Just the city of Denver, yeah. Well, I'll be damned. I did not know that. So if you're not familiar with uh, the Denver metro area, Denver itself is actually a tiny little city. In the middle of all these other cities like Aurora, Westminster, Thornton, yada, 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 yada. Yeah, I feel like Aurora and Westminster alone are much bigger than Denver. Yeah, Thornton is like bigger. Yeah, those are, <laughs> yeah. Aurora is huge. So your boy Greg is currently still employed. Um, I have a job to go to tomorrow. I I can only imagine it's not long before the, the metro cities follow behind, follow suit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, especially with Polish just released that thing saying that uh, Colorado residents will be pretty much like their rent will be forgiven. I've seen people asking for that. I haven't seen that actually pass. Yeah, my uh, my dad sent me the article. I haven't gotten a chance to like fully read it, but is it, it is was it the titled one like this? Is it the one with the governor's name and a semi in a colon? Um, is it the two little? Yeah, so that's people, that's saying Governor Jared suspend rent, not Governor Jared suspends rent. It's people pleading for him to do it. Damn. Because that's what, like, Italy's done. I've seen a couple videos of Italy today. Dude, Mm -hmm. there's just people, like, with accordions out on their balconies. They're partying. Everybody's out on their balconies just partying. Like, oh, it's kind of a beautiful thing. Um, Me, however... Oh, we should probably. I do. just saw you uh, on one of the balconies. The guy was out there. Uh oh. Oh yeah, we're gonna do video here. Yep. All right. Okay. Back to blank screens. Blank screens. Oh. But yeah, really cool. You know, yeah, people playing accordion. There was a lady like banging a drum along with them, and. I saw this one guy bring out his whole entire DJ set to his balcony, and they had like the lights and everything going, and everyone outside was like, "Wow!" <laughs> That's wicked. It's like, oh, see, it's like little the little blips of society like that where I'm like, yeah. everything's going to be fine. So, I, yeah, I did the grocery store thing today. Mm. Um, it wasn't bad. There was food. There was no paper, no toilet paper. Um, I managed to get four rolls of paper towels and four boxes of Kleenex 
So those are kind of like my backup. I've, I've got like, I'm, I'm sitting on like six rolls of toilet paper right now. Oh my God. I don't want to brag or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, we just ran out last week and we just had to go like get some more. And that was the first time where I went out to the grocery store in like over two, three weeks. Really? Cause I was trying to push off until my trip to Florida. Uh, like, I don't even know if that's going to happen no. Uh, but we went out and I was like, what the fuck's all the time? We had to go to three different stores and then finally a Walgreens had it, but you had to go up front and I ended up getting the last like stack of rolls and I was like, this is fucking insane. That's wild. That's wild. Like if you need over 200 rolls of toilet paper for two weeks, you should be going to the doctor for something other than coronavirus. Yeah. People suck. People Seriously. Suck. I think like the most frustrating thing is. People who buy in bulk triggered the panic buying. Yeah. And now people who actually genuinely need the supplies, you know, because either they were restricted due to their pay periods or some other unforeseeable reason, they weren't able to stock up early. It's like now they're kind of fucked on a lot of necessities, like bread and potatoes. It happened so fast. So quickly. I I go shopping on Mondays. So last Monday I went shopping and, you know, me, I'm kind of head in the clouds. So I'm, I'm walking around and I'm like... Oh man, they're they're out of a lot of stuff. It was a heavy weekend. I hit the toilet paper aisle, and normally I get the big pack, and it lasts us for a long time. There was no big packs, so I just grabbed a regular pack, and I was like, no big deal. I'll get some more next week when I come shopping. Mm-hmm. Little did I fucking know. <laughs> um, so fairly, fairly, my dog she takes medication, and um, to help her stomach, they they recommend Pepsid with it. There was no Pepsid. And I was like, what the hell? There was, I was trying to clean my pipe last Monday. There was no rubbing alcohol. And that's when it dawned on me when I was looking for the rubbing alcohol. I was like, oh, shit. It's come. It's the coronavirus. And I still didn't think it was, like, that bad or I would have bought a couple packs of toilet paper <laughs> to get by then. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I just finished my normal day anyways. And then I watched this week go by as I'm stuck working and shit like that. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah, it's, like, insane just kind of seeing how everything has been progressing. And, I mean, coming from somebody who has a compromised immune system. Yeah. I, of course, am taking a little bit more precautions, but I'm still not buying into this, like, great state of fear that everyone's allowing themselves to fall into. I mean, I've got asthma, so, I mean, it's definitely going to hurt me if I get it, but, no, fuck that. Like, I'm going to keep showing up to work at my restaurant, serving the public, and... Until they make you stay home, but I can't stress this enough to any of our listeners who are listening to this. If you can, along with your break from you know social interactions, take a break from the media and the news because this coverage it is just stressing people out. And the biggest thing when you are in this state of stress response is your immune system shuts down. Yeah, so you are even that more at risk for developing and catching this. And the the war zone mentality is really blown up. I went to two different grocery stores today. Everybody was polite and smiling and, you know, waving people by with their shopping carts, letting people get by. Yes, there was no toilet paper, but, <laughs> but you know, there was food and people were being nice. And, and sometimes, you know, uh, I'll give you a hint, other white people, if you're looking for certain things that they don't have, like pasta, look in the ethnic sections. <laughs> Yeah. Because I, I stocked up on rice noodles today because there was no regular <laughs> pasta. But that shit's still good. Still good. 
Um, it was crazy when I went into Sprouts and I saw all the potatoes gone. I, like the inner German in me just like cried. I was like, oh, I just needed my up on potatoes. And that, that sort of dawned on me. It's like, I mean, you can't go grocery shopping. You should go like two week shopping right now. No. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've got I've got food, and uh, I've got some paper products. So we'll see. Well, I think I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I uh, you know I'm still. I'm still waiting if I'm actually going to be able to make this flight on Friday morning. Yeah, Ray, my Rage Against the Machine concert is canceled, obviously. So I will not be flying out to St. Louis anytime soon. Mm. Which is cool, at least I didn't buy my plane ticket yet. There you go. I was about to because tickets dipped so cheap. I was like, oh, it's time to buy that ticket. And I was like, well, let me wait a couple more days to see if they get cheaper. And then a couple days later, they canceled all concerts. So I was like, oh, shit. Good that I didn't do that. Yeah, real good thing. You know, it kind of makes me chuckle that, uh, because one, my birthday is next Monday. Um, <laughs> but the first time I ever make a huge, elaborate, like, vacation plan for not only my birthday, but spring break, and I, like, took all this time off from work and school, like, two weeks is a long time for someone who never takes vacation. Um, the one time I do it, a global pandemic breaks out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've just had to like laugh at my luck and then my chronic condition started flaring up. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> oh oh man, it's like a cosmic joke right now in the world. Well it's not a joke, it's a serious matter, yeah, but you gotta laugh at it. I'm sure nobody else needs to hear about it, so let's uh let's drop Yeah, it. let's switch it up. Let's switch it up. Just be nice to each other out there, guys. You know, you know. Be nice. That's all. Yeah. Do do something be nice. nice every day. Wash your hands, read a book, hang out at home, spend some quality time with your loved ones. Yeah. Go sneeze on one person. I mean, no. Be nice. Be nice. <laughs> Great. Be nice. <laughs> and uh, the only rest of the words of Corona that will be coming out of our mouth, if we do decide to talk about it, will be about beer. I can't believe <laughs> when this first started, you know, Corona beer stock was one of the first things to go down. Yeah. People I, really thought people were getting it from beer. I was like, it's not. Yeah. Anyways, let's. All right, so we're moving on. Yeah. Anyways, chugging along on to the ch normal daily activities of what used to be life. Chug, chug, chugging along. <laughs> well, I got a good episode for us today. Okay. Okay. Uh, are you ready for it? I am. I, I gotta say, I'm disappointed in this beer I'm drinking, though. It doesn't. Oh. Uh... It's one of those, like, oh, Miranda bought it. It's called Death by King Cake. So, you know, like the New Orleans King Cake Mardi Gras deal? Mmm. It's supposed to be ale with vanilla, cinnamon, nutmeg, cocoa nibs, sorry, cacao nibs, orange peel, and pecans. But it oh, just, wow. It just tastes like ale. Hmm. It's kind of a letdown with all those vibrant notes in there. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not picking up one of those flavors. Oh, wow. Maybe the orange peel. That's That's about it. I am drinking a delicious uh, cab right now from 1906. It's a wonderful brand. I think that's the wine brand. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. It's uh, notes of vanilla. I think it's like charbroiled something and wooden oak. Have you got a Whopper in there? Yeah, I do. I do. Charbroiled. <laughs> <laughs> it's an all-around type of red wine. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, all right, so episode oh you know what hey everybody what? welcome to strange people weird world welcome i 
I am your host, Gregory C. Tanner Jr. With me, as always, but keeping her safe distance, is the safe, the sterile, the stupendous Anya Daniela. Oh, and the crowd does not go well because there is no crowd today. Oh, Oh, we... we... (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine... I'm glad they at least canceled March Madness. Could you imagine, like, basketball played in front of nobody? Oh, my You're just God. Hearing, that would have been insane. You just hear... <laughs> she was squeaking and shit. <laughs> um, okay, so, for real, though, last coronavirus thing, because we do have, like, our douchebag of the, of the year, I'm going to say. Did you hear about the guy who bought, like, 14,000 bottles of Purell? Yes, and tried selling them for $70 a pop. Yeah, and Amazon shut that shit down. Mm-hmm. Go Amazon. Fuck you, dude. Yeah, seriously, fuck you. There's what a global a... pandemic, there's people dying, and you're going to be a yeah, dick. I get dick. it. Trust me, I get it. As an ex-drug dealer, I get it. But fuck you, dude. That is not cool. Not cool. So, uh... As an entrepreneur, I get it. But yeah, yeah. 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 Purell guy, you are our official D-bag of the year. Douche, douche, douchebag of the year. Oh, man. Oh, we're, we're really rocking that unstable internet connection. Yeah, we're, we're going to yeah. lean with it. We're going to rock with yeah. it. Uh, so I, uh, whatever, whoever my internet company is, they are on call. They're coming in a couple days, but just beware, audience. We're, we're rocking half-power internet on some, on some Zoom connection here. Yes. If anything gets too rocky, you know, we'll just connect and reconnect like I think we did in the previous Zoom show. Yeah, which you'd never know because I'm the king of editing. Shabam. Shabam. <laughs> it's like a <laughs> 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 All right. All right. What do well, we our beautiful listeners and Mr. Beautiful Gregory. I am pretty cute. Still gonna, you know, still gonna toot my own horn, but whatever you did when that competition. Moving forward. Yeah, you know, moving forward, moving forward. Uh, Today's episode, we are discussing Mr. Edgar Allan Poe, world acclaimed horror author and time traveler. What? Time traveler? Time traveler. Time traveler. Oh, yeah. Like I said, this is a weird one. This is getting real weird. Edgar Allan Poe is already a weird dude. When I started researching into him, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, just you saying Edgar Allan Poe, I was like, yeah, okay, that's going to be weird. And then you you throw (laughs) throw time travel in the mix, huh? Well, for for those of you who do not know who Mr. Edgar Allan Poe is, which I'm surprised, but also I'm not shocked. It's today's world, a lot of people don't know. Uh, He is an amazing, world-acclaimed horror author, like I had just previously stated. uh, And his work is... Probably, I would want to say, up there with, like, the most well-known kind of, like, poets. Yeah, yeah, he's, t- I mean, he's somebody you, you should, you should know about, like, your entire schooling career. You know, the Raven, and the Baltimore Ravens are literally named after Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Because Dude was a very talented writer. Yes. Very, well, very, very talented. Very talented, uh, indeed. He, he's, like, he's, like, your OG. OG, you know, original gangster goth, um, you know, laying it down. So all you goth kids out there, you know, respect. Seriously, that's like, that's your, that's your forefather yeah, of goth. It's like your Depeche Mode of uh, poetry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Depeche Mode. <laughs> all right, well, Mr. Edgar Allan Poe was born in 1809. 
Yet, at the young age of one, his father abandoned Poe and his mother. Not even an entire year later, Poe's mother had lost her life to consumption, also known as the terrible disease of tuberculosis. And for those of you that are unfamiliar with tuberculosis, it is a disease caused by bacteria that usually attacks the patient's lungs, and during this time frame uh, of his mother's passing, tuberculosis was the leading cause of death. Yeah, watch, watch, have you seen Tombstone? No. Oh my god. That is, watch it? Yeah, dude, I'm not even into westerns, but like, that is the western. Um, you got, you've got a Val Kilmer playing Doc Holliday, like, probably one of the best parts ever. But his character has TB throughout the movie, so you can kind of see, get a feel for it. Also, great chunk of history, great movie, definitely worth a watch. That's a two-for-one banger right there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it is the, the ultimate story of Wyatt Earp and Tombstone and all that stuff, so. Put it on my watch list since I'll have so much time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all you people, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely the time to be uh, putting movies up there. Seriously, any movie was ever recommended. You guys have no excuse now, you so. You have no excuse. <laughs> but. The next few years of Poe's life would be anything less than interesting as he became an orphan and bounced around from place to place. Before the young age of 18 years old, Mr. Poe had lived in Irvine, England, Scotland. Oh, that was that jumbled up. He lived in Irvine, England, Scotland, Chelsea, and Stoke Newington in London. He would ultimately return back to Virginia where he would end up enrolling into the University of Virginia. Yet, after a year at the university, Mr. Poe dropped out and moved to Boston, where he would then start working as a journalist, and he started going by the alibi identity of Henry Lay Rennett. Henry Ray Rennett. Now, this only lasted a short period of time before Mr. Poe changed his name yet again and became Edgar A. Perry, and he became a private in the U.S. Army. He was stationed in Charleston, Carolina, and he achieved the highest rank possible for a non-commissioned officer, right? That's pretty cool. Mr. Poe bounced around a lot. I can only imagine. Uh, It only took... If I was in those days, like, I definitely wouldn't be Gregory Tanner by now. Like, I would... I'd be off in some other city with some (laughs) other name. Like, all of our stories that we've jumped into around, like, the earlier time frames, everyone's always changed their name at least two or three times. Right? Yeah, like, I... I would have changed my names a few times and probably burned quite a few bridges on my way out at this point. Oh, yeah. I'd be riding out, like, on a horse with gunfire going in there, like, yeehaw! Yep. Pow, pow. Yep. Those were the days. Those, Those were, were the days. days. Anyhow. Anyhow. It only took two years, though, for Poe to decide that the military life was not a life for him, and he wanted to resign, and that he did. Now, at this point... Everything still seems pretty average in Poe's life thus far. It isn't until you start to look towards the time of his passing where odd things begin to occur. Among those odd things we have, he was found on the street near a voting poll wearing somebody else's clothes in a completely debilitated state. Uh, And then he was also hospitalized for a illness. And during his subsequent hospitalization, he was alleged to keep to continue battling incoherently about an unidentified man named Mr. Reynolds. Okay, so j- jumping back to the first the the first sighting, this is confirmed, this is fact. Mhm. So he's he's out at the voting polls. 
Yeah, so they found him in the street near a voting pool, and he was wearing somebody else's clothes, and he was, like, very incoherent. And then when he was hospitalized, he, once again, was just, like, out of his mind. And this was, like, very, like, towards, like, his, like, he was very near towards his passing. Because right now, Um, all I I picture is, like, a drunk dude. Like, what, what, what do they mean by other clothes, I wonder? Like, yeah. is he in a dress? Is he in clothes that are too big for him? Clothes that are too small for him? Like, how do we know? Like, what's making this an apparently obvious situation, I wonder? Aside from that, the strange behavior uh, accompanying it. So, <clears throat> looked it up really quickly. <clears throat> bad, bad little skills in my house. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, it was four days before he was found, or four days before he died, he was found delirious outside a Baltimore tavern, which is right near a voting pool. Okay. Um, and so, and he was found in soiled clothes, not to be his own. Um, they don't really go into kind of what the clothes are, but I'm assuming if they're not his own, it's probably completely different to his normal kind of style, which is very dark. So not only did he steal somebody's clothes, he, he shit in them. Yes. Wow. That's right? A, that's what a, a man. That's a major, <laughs> that's a major fuck um, you to whoever's clothes he took. Oh, here we go. So, it was October 3rd, 1849, where a gentleman by the name of Joseph W. Walker uh, was walking into Gunner's Hall, which served as a pop-up polling location for the Fourth Word polls in Baltimore, and it was election day. And when Walker arrived at Gunner's Hall, he found a man delirious and dressed in shabby secondhand clothes lying in the gutter. The man was semi-conscious and unable to move, but as Walker approached the man, he discovered something unexpected. It was actually Edgar Allan Poe. All right, so here's here's the scenario I have in my head. Hit me. He's already hospitalized at this point. So it was after. Yeah, yeah, he's hospitalized. He's all doped mm-hmm. up on um, Lodamin, like all that shit they used to take back then, you know? Um, if you watch Tombstone, you'll see what Lodeman is, too. They, they used to just drink it, and it fucks you up. But it's for pain or something, I don't know. So he's probably all fucked up on Lodeman or morphine or whatever they gave him. He wanders out of the hospital in his hospital dress. He rolls a bum for his clothes. So now he's in some stinky old gross clothes. He didn't shit himself. The clothes came pre-shitted because he, he stole a bum's clothes. And now he's just wandering down the street. He's mad because he's got he's got shitty pants on, and he he's just screaming things and acting outlandish, and he's all doped up. And that that's that. That that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. Well, to not disprove the theory, but he was <laughs> hospitalized after he was found in the gutter. Okay. And uh, the night before his death, that was when the attending physician, Doctor John J. Moore. Moron, uh, Say that again. Doc. Explained how Poe repeatedly called out for Reynolds. I figure who, uh, Doctor John J. Moron, <laughs> Moraine, maybe Moraine. M-O-R-A-N. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anya has just unfortunately labeled this person as Doctor Moron for the rest. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Doctor. The, the rest Moraine. of all of our lives, our, our our listeners and us will forever know this poor person who did. Years of college and medical school and learning and rising above just to be called Dr. Moron by Anya. <laughs> well, to sum up to Mr. Poe, 
Uh, he his death was labeled as phrenitis, which is basically swelling of the brain. And doctors still and were not able to really explain how that came about for Dr. Or for Dr. Allan Poe. Dr. Moron couldn't explain it. That figures. Dr. Moron couldn't explain that it. He was more... Okay, okay. It's, you know, it's still easily changeable. He's at home, gets all fucked up. Um, he, he pisses his pants. So now he, he rolls a bum for some clothing again. Um, didn't know he wasn't done. Now he shits his pants. Now he's angry outside of a bar. Yada, yada, yada. Put him in a hospital, they're like, oh, his brain selling. Maybe that's why he, like, put on some secondhand clothes and shitted himself, and now he's calling out for rounds. So he's going crazy. The common complaint is he's just kind of, like, just shooting off at the mouth all sorts of crazy things. and Yeah, pretty much he's just, like, leading. So the four days leading up to his death, he's completely delirious. I mean, and with brain swelling, completely understandable giving like your cognitive functions are going haywire due to all the inflammation within your brain cells so that that's what happened to my dog fairly and her brain, really yeah it would actually cause her to get <coughs> get stuck in corners so if she walked to a corner she her brain couldn't actually deduce how to work her way out of it she would just get stuck looking at like the two walls vertically oh, wow. like, or, you know, like diagonally i guess going side to side with her um but the doctor showed me that while we were in the waiting room with her she's he was like you know that's that's swelling on the brain she can't so and it, i mean as as it got worse she didn't know she didn't to preface this this is my 12 you know at the time this is my 10 year old dog who is so codependent on me loves me so much you know um, she didn't recognize me. She, you know, she didn't recognize my voice. Didn't recognize me. Um, it was it was heartbreaking. It was a very scary time. Even once, even once we got her to the specialist, the emergency place, and they started treating her, and I was finally allowed to come back. You know, they they warned me again. They're like, she's not going to know who you are. Um, oh. She will again, but right now she will not know who you are, and it was heartbreaking. Oh, baby girl. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if his brain's swollen, I can't imagine how it is on a human, you know. Um, but you, you said he was making claims that there was a person there, or he was calling out for a person? Um, so he was calling out for a person. Okay. And, of course, because of his state of delirium, the doctors couldn't ever decipher who Reynolds was. They couldn't ever decipher how he ended up in the gutter in front of the tavern, um, whose clothes he was wearing, why they were soiled, why he's in that state. So there's so many pieces that still, I mean, of course, back in that time too, the 1800s, like, I mean, finding answers for that stuff when the person dies, like, yeah. you're pretty much shit out of luck. Yeah, and you just got this guy who's obviously a tortured soul his whole life. And that's how Poe died. So it's like, the beginning of his life, you know, it was a, not, like, crazy odd, but there was certain pieces, like, of course, you know, his father leaving, his mom dying when he was one, bouncing around orphanages, and then living all around the all around the world in the early 1800s. Huh. And then joining the military, getting out of the military, he was a student for a little bit. A journalist, I mean, of course, love for writing, so that makes the connection. Um, but what's really perplexing is the accounts of this nameless figure that for seven consecutive years after Edgar Allan Poe's passing would appear at Poe's gravesite at the early hours on his birthday with a glass of cognac and three glass or three roses. Huh. 
And he would leave them there and he would walk away. No one ever figured out who this man was, but there's multiple accounts claiming to have seen him. And it only lasted for seven years and then it stopped. Okay. So, um, I mean, that now, could have been a real person then. Hmm? So that could have been a real person then who, you know, died or moved away. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, there's multiple things, but remember the premises of the episode, Time Traveler. So Okay. Keep the mind open. <laughs> so are we thinking he's visiting his grave? Possibly. Okay. Okay. So I, I'm intrigued. Tragic and curious, yes, but hardly evidence that the acclaimed horror author could transcend the limitations of distance and time. Now get ready for the meat to the stew, for it is now within Poe's writing that we are shown his possible time-traveling abilities. The evidence is screwed, screwed, that was a bad word, (laughs) the evidence is skewed out. In the pudding, and the pudding is a broadly linked map of flesh-eating floaters, crunch school survivors, and primordial particles. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Exhibit A, the narrative of Arthur Gordon Peem of Nunducket. So, published in 1838, Poe's only completed novel details a mutiny of, on a whaling boat lost at sea. From supplies, the guys revert to cannibalism due to the depletion of all of their basic necessities. Uh, The sailors on this boat draw some straws to select who's going to be the sacrifice. Well, little old Richard Parker draws the shortest straw, and he is subsequently eaten due to this. Ouch. Yeah, right? That sucks. It's like, fuck, not only are the youngest, but you also draw the shortest straw, and like, you guys are already kind of as a collective agreed that someone's going to be eaten that night. Yeah. Talk about a rough um, draw. Now here's where shit gets really weird. In 1884, notice the years, this is 46 years after the book was published. Okay. Four guys would set adrift following the sinking of their yacht. Shipwrecked and without food, they end up going the cannibalism route for survival. And they elect... To kill and then consume a 17-year-old cabin boy who just so happened to be named Richard Parker. No shit. What? 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 (laughs) That's... I mean, wow. 46 years after this book is written, 17 years old, literally the same age as the young boy, same name, same scenario. Um, Now, the outstanding parallel... Parallelisms, of course, went unnoticed for nearly a century before a widely circulated letter by a descendant of the real Parker summarizes similarities involving the book seen in the actual event. The letter was chosen for publication in the Sunday Times after journalist Arthur Kolstler set out set a call out for tales of dramatic curse. Pretty fucking weird. That's really weird. Exhibit B, the businessman. The businessman. <clears throat> so Back in 1848, if you do listeners follow along with us, you will recognize this story. A railway worker named Phineas Gage suffered a traumatic brain injury after oh. having an iron spike lodged through his skull. I remember that guy. For those of you who don't remember, that is episode 49. Oh, you can get episode number as well. Oh, yeah. Helping everybody out. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. So, 
Mr. Phineas Gage, he miraculously lived through this traumatic brain injury, but his character completely changed. These behavioral changes within his normal characteristics were closely researched, allowing the medical community to come up with for the first comprehension of the role performed by the frontal lobe on social cognition. Except for Poe, who'd inexplicably understood the profound personality changes caused by frontal lobe syndrome. In 1840, he penned a Uh, characteristically gruesome story called The Businessman. And The Businessman was about an unnamed narrator narrator, who suffered a traumatic (laughs) head injury as a young boy. And the result ended up with him living a life of obsessive regularity and violent sociopathic, sociopathic outbursts. Huh. What was the head injury? Um, they didn't really get into it in the story. It was just traumatic head injury. Um, I think it was within the frontal frontal area. Okay. Um, but Poe's grasp of frontal lobe syndrome was so accurate that neurologist Eric, I'm going to butcher that name, Altschuler. Nope, we're good. Uh, Might as well call him more Eric too. Altschuler wrote, there's a dozen signs. And Mr. Poe knew every single one that was attained towards frontal lobe injury. There was everything in that story, and we have hardly learned anything more than what he gruesomely described in that uh, 1840 writing. Alt Schuler, once again, was a medically licensed neurologist and not in any rat not in any respect or regard as a crackpot. So he exactly knew what he was talking about. And uh it's just a, way, a little weird that Poe, given his time and given his stance, was able to exactly lay out every single characteristic that comes from frontal lobe damage. So they're saying he, he was ahead of science in this, almost. Yes, exactly that. Huh. Very interesting. Like, they hadn't even, I mean, this was before the injury, so they didn't even get the chance to study it. And as you remember from the episode with Phineas Gage, it even took scientists, like, years after that it was could, for them yeah. passing to figure out what was going on with the brain yeah that kind of was one of the major cases that helped them learn that information i guess Mm-hmm. and poe wrote about it in 18 goddamn 40 wow interesting now we so, have exhibit c our last and final possible Reasonings on why Mr. Edgar Allan Poe was a time traveler. I gotta say, right right now I'm sitting in the psychic boat more than the time traveler boat. You know what? I can kind of see the only reason why I'm like maybe time traveler is because like oh, like he was found in those clothes, he was delirious, and then that man who kept showing up after death, but then again, time is a construct and it's not continuous. There's a lot of different aspects of going, but I can actually kind of maybe see the psychic aspect. Yeah, yeah. So, Exhibit C, Eureka! The prophet that... Oh, man, I cannot get pronunciations correct. Oh, man. Who's Dr. Moron now? Huh? I said, who's Dr. Moron now? (laughs) I know! It's such a curse in my life. (laughs) All right, the prophet that... The vision came. We're just going to cut out that word. The vision (laughs) came in the kind of Eureka, a 115-page prose 
poem critically panned for its complexity and regarded by many as the work of a madman. Composed within the final year of Mr. Poe's life, Eureka described an expanding universe that began in a single instantaneous flash derived from a single primordial particle. Big Bang now, Theory? The, huh? Big Bang Theory? Big Bang Theory. Wow. Yeah, right? Crazy. Okay. This is way before anything fucking came out. So, wow. Okay. Uh, Poe proceeds to put forth the first legitimate alternative to Olber's paradox, uh, the question of why. Given the huge number of stars in the universe, the night sky is dim by describing that light from the expanding universe had not yet reached our solar system just quite yet. After Edward Robert Harrison published Darkness at Night in 1987, he inputted Eureka's having expected his findings. So basically... Edward Robert Harrison published Darkness at Night, this huge kind of theory on, you know, the stars, the planet, like planetary alignments. Uh, in 1987, this was nearly a decade and a half after Poe's passing. Wow. <clears throat> now, within an interview with Natalius, Italian astronomer Alberto Tappi speaks science admitting it's surprising that poe arrived at his dynamically evolving universe theory because there was no observational or theoretical evidence whatsoever indicating such a possibility at that time no astronomer in poe's day could ever envision a non-static universe let alone have the factual theories to be able to compose such a hypothesis it's crazy i mean just It's, I don't, I don't know what to say, you know, if he wasn't, <laughs> if he was a time traveler going forward learning this information, it's, it's interesting the way he's using it. You know, that's kind of why I'm leaning towards psychic again, you know, like if you're having visions in your head, that's more easily and understood to be transcribed onto written, into written format. Mm-hmm. As to where, if you're a time traveler and you went forward and learned hard information, and this is what you're doing with it, that's a little weird. You know, the more that, like, actually that you bring up the whole um, psychic theory, I kind of actually, I think I kind of agree with you more on that, because now okay. thinking about it, I mean, as a psychic in that time, if you aren't aware of having these envisions, let's say you get one and you're a naturally creative person who's already drawn to journalism, you're just going to write about it. Yeah. And then you, you're like, oh my God, this is an amazing story. And then let alone it happens like 50 years later. Right. Huh. Interesting food for thought here. But that, everybody, is the story on Edgar Allan Poe and how he is a very interesting man and he is a writer who everybody should know about because clearly he knew about things before his time. Now, was his writing career successful while he was alive? Um, it was, but it wasn't as... It's kind of like how every great artist was. You know how, like, Mozart... Yeah, They more. were, like, big, but they got huge once they passed. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of how his writing had that effect on literature as we know it. Interesting. I'm not sold on time travel. But if you told me he was having, um, you know, some sort of prophetic visions and maybe not even realizing it, I can get behind that. I'm, I'm 
torn because like I definitely am leaning towards the psychic side but then there's like all the weird things leading up to his death and then after his death the guy that was showing up and I mean granted that could have just been anybody in his life but yeah there's definitely something very weird about Edgar Allan Poe absolutely absolutely and it's not just his morbid writing his fantastic writing it's the fact that this man I mean for him to be able to accurately accurately predict a cannibalism case, um, you know, the frontal lobe injuries. Yeah, the knowledge. And then... Just the knowledge on the frontal lobe and the, the repercussions on the the mental state of yourself after it, you know. Yeah, because, I mean, if, the, if anybody remembers from our episode with Phineas Gage, it was kind of like this... No one knew why this man had went from this, you know, this benevolent, loving force to this extremely angry and childlike human. Yeah. More of a monster because he, like, literally was insane. He, you know, acted out in rage. He became very nasty and spiteful, and he was very aggressive. And it was just no one could explain that until after his death. And so for Poe to be able to accurately write about that in a little poem. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. What a human. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. And the Big Bang. That one was crazy. I was like, what? Yeah, I mean, the first story, the odds of the cannibalism story are just incredible. Um, but I guess possible. But him knowing these details of things that are yet to be even accepted as, you know, scientific hypothesis or theory or whatever. That's amazing. And And it raises the question of, you know, scaling back, if if it is not time travel, then what is it within his human psyche that's giving him these, like, revelations, these visions? Like, nobody can disprove that at that point, that this... Or even, even like, if you are that smart and you acquired this knowledge somewhere like why weren't you doing other things with it you know um, exactly why were you just staying as you know as a poet and a writer that's why I, I feel like it was something given to him as his mind and a pen being the vessel to bring it out to life and that was it and I mean there are many theories out there for people who do kind of have these like special abilities and these special gifts you know a lot of times they lead very mundane lives and they have these extraordinary gifts and abilities yet they one are little what's the word (sighs) like a little bit more shy about sharing it because of the kind of the extreme scrutiny and backlash that would come from it and i could totally see with him yeah maybe he had more but given the 1800s, I mean, you'd be burned at, burned at a stake for witchcraft. Yeah, you know, maybe he even tried to be like, you know, I feel like I've seen the, you know, so he's like, well, fuck it, I'll just, I'll put it on paper and that's, that'll be that. Yeah. I'll just clean it as a story. And if there's one thing that I took from doing this research, it's that it further backed up my kind of my claim and my theories when it comes to stories about like dragons and fairies and all the mythical creatures yeah. that we really can't, say that nothing was not real because there's so many things that happen within our universe and our everyday and within our being that we're like we can't explain yeah you just and a lot of these great stories are covered up as stories yeah absolutely and uh well that's what we're here for 
Exactly. That's why we're here. Strange and weird things within our world. Unveiling all this weird shit for you people. We got you guys. Got you. Well, that that was pretty interesting. Um, I'm going to have to put some thought into that. But um, definitely an interesting character. I had no idea, um, you know, about the... I guess we'll call it the, the premonitions or foreshadowing or potential time traveling. Yeah, like, I mean, I knew, you know, he was definitely an interesting human just given off his writing. He's one of my yeah. favorite writers and authors as I was kind of growing up, but it wasn't until I started doing this research. And that he was actually the reason that sparked my story on Phineas Gage. Really? Uh-huh, because I was looking into him originally, and then I saw that, and I was like, what? And then I went into I was like, what? And then I had to go back to Mr. Poe, because I was like, what? <laughs> That's crazy. The three what's. <laughs> oh well that's all I got for you I think that I think that's it then um hopefully uh hopefully this helped take your mind off whatever's going on for a little bit everybody but um deter it away yeah we'll keep posting as normal yeah we're, we're you can't stop us no say yeah, we are. You know, show show will go on no matter what, and uh, yep. even if even if my restaurant closes, then that just gives me more time to research. So uh, exactly, you know, I'm waiting. I got a lot of dogs that canceled on us today, so it's like only a matter of time where I can yeah. see it for seeing. Yeah. So, yeah, everybody, just be good to everybody out there, man. This is this is this is weird, strange times. And, <laughs> so. If there's one thing you guys can do, it's keep your head up, you know, don't fall into the fear kind of panic mindset. Just realize that everything's going to be okay. Yeah, everything's going to be... History repeats itself. We'll always pick ourselves back up. Yeah, we're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, make sure you uh, get on to iTunes, give us that five-star rating, give us a little comment. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, I think I, I saw... Let me see. Let's see if we can do a little shout-out right now. Because I know a couple people, a couple people came on Facebook today. Let's let's get let's make the, let's give them the spotlight. Let's see, uh, Mercy, Mercy let's Ice, Mercy Ice, and Rhett Harvey, um, both like the Strange People Weird World Facebook page today. So shout out to you guys. Uh, you Woo-hoo! you are the real MVPs, um, as well as grocery store workers. You guys are also the real MVPs right now. You know the stock crew and you know. I was at the store, the meat department was wrapping shit and pumping it out, like, as fast as it could, so, you know, get, you know, be thankful to anybody who's out there working for you right now, be good to everybody, be nice to everybody. a huge, huge, huge thank you to every single worker within the healthcare industry and system right now. Absolutely, absolutely. You guys are putting your health on the front lines, and I know a lot of doctors and a lot of nurses out there who do have, you know, compromised immune systems, and they are a little bit older, and they're really putting themselves at risk to be helping everybody else during these times. So if you know somebody in the healthcare industry, give them a huge shout-out, send them your love. You motherfuckers are the winners and the heroes of the year. Yes, you are. Heroes of the year. Heroes of all time. Um, Yeah, Be, be good to everybody out there. Uh, follow us at SP Weird World. Follow me at Greg's Weird World. Follow Anya at Anya Daniela. And most importantly, guys, just go ahead and 
Keep it. Where? I never knew anything like that in the whole of my life. That was a that was a ringer. Ringer dinger. Nice. That was a weird one. That was a real weird one. The music's probably stopped at this point. <laughs> We're just talking and laughing about that still. Well, um, you know, keep it weird, guys. Keep it weird. Keep it safe. Keep it healthy. Keep it clean. All right, the music's definitely stopped right now. <laughs>